the candle of hope, and today we light the candle of peace. Thank you, Juan and Rosie Garcia, for lighting our candles today. Amen. Have you been able to worship today? Yes. So thankful for Karina Garza, who's been leading us in worship for the last several Sundays, and will continue to do so. I thank for her life. As we think about this season, um, I remember uh, my childhood, and and I remember the gifts that I received at Christmas that I that that were like the most memorable. Like one of them was a BB gun that my grandfather bought me, and. I remember having that gun and going out to a place where, where we could shoot at targets and, and use, use that. And that was one of my favorite Christmas gifts ever. I also remember my grandmother buying me a Lego set uh, for building a medieval castle. And I was really excited when I got that. And I was really excited to, to build the castle. I think I was ADHD, so I could never finish it. But I had fun starting it. Uh, and, uh, and building uh, that set. And, and then I remember particularly in 1971, my, my grandfather on my dad's side got me a very special gift. 1971, for some of you that, that are old like me, you might remember that it was when Apollo 15 uh, was able to take a, a moon rover uh, to the moon. And so it was really cool. And they had this model remote control rover and my grandfather got it for me, had the little astronaut on it. And I thought it was so futuristic. I, I look at it now and it looks like ancient, right? But uh, back then I thought it was the coolest thing. And I would just have this remote control until I would run out of batteries. And, and remember those Christmas gifts in a very special way. I wonder which gifts you remember that you received as a child. Which gifts were, were more meaningful to you? In fact, I wonder what gifts you value more today uh, as an adult, as a more mature person. What are, what are the gifts that, that you enjoy, that you like to get? It, it, Christmas is a season for giving and receiving. And all of this giving and receiving is really, really starts with the fact that, that Christmas is about the greatest gift that has ever been given. That Christmas is about this incredible, incomparable, huge gift from God in Christ. And that's where it begins. So today we're starting a new series that we're calling The Big Give. And we're going to look at passages from Matthew and from Luke over the, last, over the next four Sundays. And we're going to reflect on God's gift and different aspects of it. Going along with our Advent theme, today we're going to talk about the gift of peace, this, this aspect of the one gift that we have in Christ uh, that includes peace. And, and the text for this morning is found in Luke chapter 1, verse 67. It, it is Zechariah's song after John the Baptist has been born. And this is the song uh, that John's dad sings. Verse 67 says, his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. And he said through his holy prophet, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors 
and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, <clears throat> will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. This song of praise ends with this promising phrase to guide our feet into the path of peace. It is a song filled with joy and with hope and with the anticipation that someday, somehow, the people of God will be able to walk in peace. So let's talk about that for a little bit. The first thing that, that I notice here in this song is this longing for peace. You know, there are, there are songs that we sing at Christmas and and all of them kind of uh, bring about different sentiments. Uh, some people start playing Christmas music early on the season. We have a rule at our house. We don't play Christmas music before Thanksgiving. We're just legalistic like that. And, uh, and, and so once Thanksgiving is done, we start playing Christmas music in the house. And, and there are songs that sort of connect with certain emotions and sentiments. If you hear Holy Night or Away in a Manger, it brings this tenderness picture of the baby uh, in that manger. If you, if you sing Joy to the World like we did today or Hark the Herald Angels Sing, there's, there's a sense of, of triumphant victory as the king uh, has come. When, when you sing Jingle Bells or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you get these childhood memories or, or you think of your children or, or your grandchildren. When, when you hear songs like I'll Be Home for Christmas or Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, Whatever that means. I, I, you know, I don't, I've never done chestnuts roasting open fire. Only open fire I know is for fajitas, you know, but we'll just go with the song and know that it brings a sense of nostalgia. And, and the song of Zechariah comes from, from a longing for peace. It flows from, from a heart that is waiting for God's promises. See, for 400 years, there had been no prophet in Israel. 400 years. There had been no fresh word from God. They had the Torah. They, they had the writings of the prophets of long ago. But for 400 years, there had been no prophet in Israel. The, the people lived in desolation. They awaited the consolation of God. They awaited the promises of God. Some of us can't wait 40 minutes, much less 40 years, much less 400 years. But the people of God found themselves in isolation, found themselves away from the promises of God, oppressed and longing for peace. Zechariah was a priest and his wife Elizabeth was from the line of Aaron, from the priestly line. Both of them were devout. Both of them prayed. Both of them worshiped God. But, but God's silence was deafening. They, they wanted to have a child. And yet, Elizabeth wasn't able to bear a child. 
And she was getting old. And so day after day, as, as they prayed and as they waited for God, as, as they longed for the day when Israel would be delivered from their oppressors, when they would be rescued from the hand of their enemies, when they would be able to serve God without fear, as they longed for that day, day after day, week after week passed. Even in our day, we long for peace, don't we? As the world experiences wars and rumors of wars, as people rise up in protest because of oppressive governments, because of injustice, as greedy and selfish rulers take control of organizations and nations, as the landscape of the world changes, we, we long for peace. I connect with that song, my grown-up Christmas list. Says, here's my lifelong wish, my grown-up Christmas list, not for myself, but for a world in need. No more lives torn apart, that wars would never start, and time would heal all hearts, and everyone would have a friend, and right would always win, and love would never end. This is my grown-up Christmas list. I wonder if you connect with that. I wonder if you relate to that, because we all long for justice, don't we? We long for a world where, where peace lasts. We long for God's promises of peace and redemption. So Zechariah breaks out in song here. You know why? Because God has broken his silence. Zechariah, it's his turn to go up to the temple. There were so many priests that they had to take turns to offer incense at the temple. And finally his turn came. It might've been the once in a lifetime opportunity that Zechariah got to actually minister at the temple. And he goes, for many, this was a routine thing. It was special because it was their turn, but, but they did the same thing over and over again. But for Zechariah, this would be a very incredible, special occasion because as he's offering incense in the holy place, an angel appears to him. And he says to him, you and Elizabeth are going to have a baby. And Zechariah knows that they're old and that this is unlikely. But when he hears this promise, he knows that this child that will come to their family is a sign that God had not forgotten them. That God had not forsaken his people. That God had heard the prayers of Zechariah and Elizabeth. That promise that they knew from the book of Isaiah, chapter nine, verse six and seven. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And here's the thing. Zechariah was familiar with that promise. And when he's singing this song of joy here, the Messiah hasn't arrived yet. Christ hasn't been born yet. The shepherds haven't heard the songs from, from the angels. Christ hasn't gone to the cross. He hasn't died for our sins. The, the people of God haven't been delivered from their oppression. And yet, and yet, Zechariah knows that the promises of God are beginning their fulfillment. So he sings with joy and anticipation. This child named John the Baptist brings this, this spark that, that will begin to, to announce the peace that God brings. 
It's a promise that Zechariah was holding on to. And you and I have a promise too. Maybe we're not experiencing peace in all of its fullness, but peace is certain. For the believer, peace is on the way. You know, Jesus said in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's a promise. It's a promise for you to have peace in a world of trouble. Are you longing for peace? Peace is on its way. The second thing I notice in, in this song is this leaning into peace. We have a promise of peace. We have a child called the Prince of Peace, but peace is not automatic. It, it must be something that we lean into, something that we prepare for. The choice is between peace and anxiety, between peace and, and stress. You know, we may not be able to bring about world peace, but we can do something about our inner peace. Vance Pittman is a church planter, pastor who planted a church, Hope Church in Las Vegas, Nevada in 2001. He started with 18 people in his living room and, and soon the congregation grew in four years. They, they broke the thousand threshold and, and not only did they grow as a church, but they began to plant other churches in the West in difficult places to grow churches. And, and Vance was invested in the ministry. He was working hard 70 to 80 hours every week, keeping up with the demands of leadership and caring for a congregation and a multiplying network of churches. One day after being 10 hours at the office, he came home so that he could have dinner with his family. And then after dinner would be over that he would get back to, to work that he hadn't finished. But, but something happened during that dinner that was different from other occasions. He, he began to, to feel awkward and weird. Everything seemed to be in slow motion, mentally and physically. He had a hard time keeping up with the conversation at the table between his wife and the children. And then he, he didn't have the strength to bring the fork to his mouth. And, and he tried to push through and, and he couldn't. So he got up from the table and, and dragged himself to his bedroom, laid on his bed and immediately fell asleep. Eight days later, he woke up. And when they took him to the doctor, the doctor said he, he had the, the physical equivalent of a mental breakdown. His body just shut down. It ran out of juice. It just couldn't go anymore. And Vance Pittman would be the first one to admit that he was leaning more into his anxiety than he was into the peace of Christ. And he was paying for it now. There's some statistics by the American Institute of Stress that tell us that 77% of Americans experience physical symptoms caused by stress. I don't know if you heard me. 77% of Americans experience physical symptoms caused by stress. That means three-fourths of you here this week had some physical manifestation of stress. Maybe your heart rate went up. Maybe you had stomach cramps. Maybe, uh, maybe you were breathing uh, in an unusual way. Maybe what happens to me happens to you. Your hair starts to fall off. But, but you have this physical manifestation of stress in your life. 
the same institute said that 48% of people have trouble sleeping at night because of stress. If that's true, that means half of you here last night had a hard time sleeping because you were worried about something. 63% of people say that they are more stressed now than before COVID. Listen, COVID is kind of almost behind us. It's still there. We still have people that are getting COVID. But I think we have a stress pandemic. People are just stressed. And here's the irony of it, that this season, when we talk about peace, is the most stressful season for some people. All of the preparations for meals and decorations and gift buying and keeping up with the parties and the family drama. I know you don't have that. The first service does. But all those things that happen around this season that you have to deal with bring a higher level of stress. But the preparation that we need the most is the preparation for peace. Zachariah directs himself to this newborn baby. He's, he's holding little John the Baptist in his hands. And in verse 76, he says to him the following, chapter 1, verse 76. He says, and you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. John the Baptist was the prophet that broke the 400 years of no prophet. He would be the first prophet of a new era, of a new covenant, of a new dispensation. And, and his task was to prepare people for the Messiah. His task was to call people to, to, to recognize their need for a savior, to recognize their own sinfulness so that they could repent. Repentance is a turning away from, from sin and turning toward God who can save you from sin. Repentance is giving your back to your selfish ways and surrendering to the ways of God because he knows best. And John the Baptist was supposed to prepare people's hearts. You see, the experience of peace requires spiritual preparation. That's why I love Advent because Advent is, is the thing that puts the brakes on the rush of Christmas. Advent is that which makes us to, to think and to reflect about what it meant for the people to wait for the Messiah and what it means for us to wait for the second coming of Christ. Leaning into peace requires faith. It causes us to be still, to stop our activity. And it causes us to acknowledge our need for our Savior. Are you leaning into peace? Are you preparing your heart to experience the peace that God brings in Christ? Or are you leaning into your stress, into your anxiety? And here's the third and final thing I want to say today. And it has to do with living in peace. This preparation for peace, this leaning into peace, when we receive that gift of peace, it should cause us to walk in peace as a lifestyle. Zechariah found comfort in the coming of one who would guide us into the path of peace. See, God's desire is that we would live in peace. Peace is not supposed to be just a seasonal emphasis. It's not supposed to be a momentary experience. Someone defines stress as a fearful concern 
experience when life's demands seem greater than my ability to meet them. And I think that our natural tendency is to lean into fear and anxiety rather than the opposite. And yet God's message is exactly the opposite. Zechariah is there. The angel appears. It startled him. And the first words from the angel's mouth to Zechariah are, do not be afraid. Teenage girl in Nazareth is saluted by Gabriel, the angel. She's astonished at this appearance. And the first thing Gabriel says to her is, do not be afraid. Shepherds are in the field taking care of their sheep at night and protecting them from from the beasts that could devour them and, and being on watch. And suddenly there appears in the heavens an angel and they were terrified. And the first words of the angel to the shepherds, do not be afraid. Our hearts want to be fearful. Our hearts want to be anxious. And God keeps saying to you and me, do not be afraid. I want you to have peace. I want you to experience my shalom. I love Isaiah 26.3. It says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. This long-awaited Messiah would guide his people into the path of peace. He would lead them to experience shalom. The Hebrew word for peace is, is a sense of wholeness and well-being internally and, and externally. It's relational. It has to do with family and community. It has to do with God. Peace. It's a way of life that that begins when we reconcile with God and then extends when we reconcile with others. When the angel announced to Zechariah what John the Baptist would do, verse 16 of chapter 1, he says this, this baby that's going to be born to Zechariah and Elizabeth, he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. The path of peace is about turning to God and living in his presence. The path of peace is to, is to experience his reconciliation from a God of grace who, who, who sees our sinful condition. You know, it is our sinful condition It is our sinful lifestyle. It is our sin that robs us of peace. It is our disobedience that continues to bring grief and guilt and anxiety to our lives. But when we reconcile with God through Christ, he comes and he extends his grace and his forgiveness and and, and we receive that from him. And when we are reconciled with God, when we experience the grace, the unconditional love, then we extend it to others. We extend it to to people around us and we become reconciled with them. 
That's peace. That's walking in the path of peace. It says you experience God's presence. You extend that peace to others. You become a, a peacemaker. Peacemaking, it's not easy. It has a price. It's intentional. You have to work on it. But it is the way of the Christ follower to be peacemakers, to have shalom as a way of life. And it's all about Christ. Christ is the peace that calms our anxious hearts. Christ can mend our broken and stressed spirit. Christ can remove the fear and replace it with confidence. Christ can forgive your sins and remove the guilt and the shame and give you peace. Peace has arrived. Not in a politician, not in an earthly governor, not in an ideology, not in a theology, not in a system, not in an institution, not in a nation, not in a flag, not in a political party. Peace has arrived in a person and his name is Jesus. Christ is our shalom. Will you come to him today? Will you lean into peace? Will you receive this gift of peace that God offers you? Will you cast all your cares on him, your anxiety, your struggle, your hurt, your pain? Will you bring it to the altar and trade it for peace? One of my favorite Christian artists is Rich Mullins. And he has a song called Hold Me Jesus. Let me share some of the lyrics with you as I close. Well, sometimes my life just doesn't make sense at all. When the mountains look so big and my faith just seems so small. So hold me, Jesus, because I'm shaking like a leaf. You have been my king of glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? And I wake up in the night and feel the dark. It's so hot inside my soul. I swear there must be blisters on my heart. So hold me, Jesus. I'm shaking like a leaf. You have been my king of glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? Surrender don't come natural to me. I'd rather fight you for something I don't really want than to take what you give that I need. And I've beat my head against so many walls, but now I'm falling down. I'm falling on my knees. And the Salvation Army is playing this hymn and your grace rings out so deep it makes my resistance seem so thin. I'm singing, hold me, Jesus, because I'm shaking like a leaf. You have been my king of glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? Would you bow your head with me? Do you need Jesus to be your prince of peace today? Do you need to cast all you care on him? so that you can experience the peace that he brings? Do you need to, for the first time, bring your life, your brokenness, your sin to the altar and say, I receive the gift of forgiveness, of reconciliation, of peace, of eternal life. Whether for the first time in your life you're doing that, 
or whether you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, but today you need a dose of peace. You need to release the fear, the anxiety, and trust him. I want to invite you to come to the altar, come to the kneelers up here and bring your anxiety, bring your cares, bring your brokenness, bring your sin, and receive his peace. You can come right now. If you want to pray where you are, then you can stay where you are. If you want to reach out to someone next to you, then tell that person, pray with me. I need peace. I need Jesus right now. This is the time to do it. You can move about. You can stay where you are. But open your heart.